Good morning. All right. Now we're just getting to the Word. If you have your Bibles, open up to James. Is this yours? James chapter 1. We are in a verse-by-verse study of James. We just started a couple weeks ago. And um, James, of course, is the half-brother of Jesus. And during Jesus' life, James wasn't a believer until James saw the risen Lord. Paul talks about that in uh, 1 Corinthians, how the Lord appeared to James. And James, of course, um, is a very uh, uh, practical man, practical book. In fact, he takes a lot of his teachings from uh, Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We're going to focus today, uh, we're on chapter 1, and uh, we are in the section that Natalie alluded to, uh, verse verse five, possibly to twelve, possibly, um, but definitely verse five through eight. So let me just uh, get a head start. It says James, a bondservant of God, verse one, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Last week we looked at the perspectives in trial, right? That God allows trials in our life to bring maturity. Ultimately, He says that um, uh, when you encounter trials, uh, you know that the testing of your faith, the trying to see what it's made of, to prove it, to see what's what's going on to, to even mature, produces endurance or steadfastness. That, that, that idea is, is being under a weight for a long period of time. You, you, you get to withstand that. And the goal of that is maturity, that you may be complete or perfect. The word there is, is to be mature. I need to get, I'm getting old, you know, and I should get those, those the, the little glasses thing so I can, you know, Anyway, I know I'm not there. I keep driving. Every time I go into Target Optical, they laugh at me because I need to get my glasses adjusted. Anyway, that you may be complete, perfect, mature, lacking in nothing, okay? So trials are given to mature us. And how we respond to those trials. Now, James says something peculiar. He said, consider all joy. Consider it all joy. Ultimately, you know that the final destination is your maturity. God is interested in growing you, right? And you being mature. What is that? The Christ-likeness. So trials come to do that, to develop us in that. Now the question we're going to look at today, the major question, and what's the path through the trials? How do you get through the trials? Because <clears throat> he says you're going to encounter various trials. In fact, he says, um, he says verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom... Uh, you're gonna, in fact, you're gonna, the way the Greek is written, if, that word there is, a, it's, the way it's written is, it assumes that you're gonna lack the wisdom, <laughs> you know, if, and you're going to lack the wisdom during the trials, if any of you, whatever, whatever size, shape, uh, trial you're going through, you're gonna need wisdom, you're gonna lack, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. We're all going to face trials we're all going to face things, something that's difficult, um, something that's, that's trying. And, if, and of course, that happens to new believers as well as more, very much walking the Lord believers. You know, like the trials don't stop. 
I wish it did, right? I wish I reached that milestone, you know, where no more trials. But even seasoned saints understand that the trials keep coming. And there's still more to learn. There's still more to grow. The pathway through trials, James is going is to show us what that's all about. All of us are going to have trials, but God's goal in trials is maturing our faith. Um, so I'm going to ask four major questions. We'll see how far we get. Because in this pathway of the trials, um, God, James is going to teach us what we're going to need. And the first thing he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If any of you lacks wisdom, we're going to need wisdom in order to mature in trials. All right? Again, there's never, never going to come a place or time this side of heaven where there isn't a possibility of facing something difficult. I, I, when Jesus says, when you come and follow me, there's a cross involved, amen? There's, 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 uh, there's something involved. Now, what is wisdom? Uh, what is wisdom? Well, okay, the Greek word here is Sophia, uh, it, it, it means to, it's not just like knowledge, but it's a way of using your knowledge to, to, to affect how you live. It's, it's utilizing knowledge and experience with common sense and insight. It's a way, it's the capacity to understand something and know how to respond appropriately. That's wisdom, okay? Um, so it's not just mere intellect. A lot, there's a lot of smart people out there very smart people who live unwise lives, right? Just because somebody's smart doesn't mean that, that they're wise. Wisdom is taking, that, taking knowledge and knowing how to apply that in life, right? Um, that's why Paul says that we are to act with wisdom towards those who are not believers. There's a wise way of how to respond with those in the world, why? So that we can demonstrate who Jesus Christ is by how we live and behave. It's very easy to fall into uh, acting like the world. This is the you know, default setting. But, but to act with wisdom toward those who are, who are not believers, that takes wisdom. It's, it's the picture of Solomon, who is, who is a young boy who's selected to be king over Israel. And he says, God... I'm just a young man. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. I need wisdom so that I know how to lead these people. Okay? Generally, wisdom, of course, is given throughout the Scripture. I'm, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today. So I want you to go to, to the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2. We like to dig into the Word, and that's what we're going to do. And uh, put on your seatbelts and buckle up. Let's go. Proverbs 2. Go to Proverbs 2. We're going to look at a bunch of verses in Proverbs 2. We're going to look at verse 6. Wisdom. Wisdom, of course, um, if I were to say to, to, to the young people here, or to, even to the older people, right, camp out in, camp out in, in Proverbs. Proverbs um, are actually addressed. Um, Solomon, or David, teaches Solomon wisdom, and Solomon teaches his sons as well. They pass it on down. The point is this. You can never be too old or too young to learn wisdom. You're, learn wisdom when you're young. 
right? Don't wait until you're, you've made some mistakes. Yeah, you're going to learn from that. But achieve it, learn from it, hunger for it. Proverbs 2, verse 6, he says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his, his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2, 6. The Lord gives wisdom. In fact, although all of Proverbs is about living wisely. Go to verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. From those who leave the paths of brightness to walk in the ways of darkness. See, wisdom will keep you from those paths, right? Some of us have walked those dark paths in our life. And praise the Lord, he rescued us. Amen? Amen. But if I, would, if I had a chance to go back in time and talk to my younger self, I would talk some real sense into my younger self. Okay? If you're young now, if you're watching, and you, and you haven't yet quite entered into making stupid decisions... <laughs> Take it, from, take it from me, I'm going to tell you. If I were to talk to my 18-year-old self, my 19-year-old self, my 20-year-old self, my 16-year-old self, I would sit myself down and say, listen, bro, that came from the future, <laughs> and I'm going, to tell, I'm going to save you a whole lot of heartache. Walk the paths of righteousness. There's going to be temptations that come your way. There's going to be all kinds of things that people are doing, right? Oh, come, let's go check this out. Let's go do this, right? And you know it's not good, but you, you go along with it. I'm just going to tell you, just follow paths. You will save yourself some grief and heartache. In fact, the other parts of Proverbs where he talks about that, he says, hey, when, you know, when your friends tell you to go and let's go do some bad things, don't go with them. Now, some of us learn wisdom the hard way, right? We've walked those paths. We've walked those trails. We've trailed. We've trailed. In fact, we know the back of our mind how those trails go. And then there's a point where we got tired and we say, Lord, I want out. And we learn some things. But if we had to tell our younger self what to do and how to help them out, just tell them. And someday you'll, you'll, you'll have kids. And you try and instill into your children what life's about. And you pray that they could get wisdom and say, Dad, I'm going to take your advice. So wisdom, where are we at? Verse um, Discretion will guard you, understanding will watch over you, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, um, from those who leave the path of, of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in perversity of evil. See, there's one thing, is you think when you're young that you can get out of that path real easily. You think, oh, I got this. I got this, right? Not knowing how stuck you'll be. That's why there's so many scripture to you how about how we live? How we live really, really matters. And James is, we're going to come back to James eventually, you know. But wisdom is walking those paths of righteousness. Who delight, verse 14, in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who's, who are devious in their ways, to deliver you from the strange woman and from the adulteress who flatters with her words. He says, I'm telling you ahead of time what it's going to do. It will save you so much pain and grief. Because it does matter how you live. That leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to earth and her tracks lead to, dead, to the dead. None who go to her uh, return again, nor do they reach the paths of lives. Wisdom, right? 
Oh, there's all kinds of scriptures. You could just you could just read the whole book of Proverbs on you, you know. But wisdom here in general, of course, in general is making those decisions, taking information, and making decisions that will lead you to walk uprightly. Bible's, you know, specific is is pretty specific. But let's go back to James because we're asking now, now, what does James mean by wisdom? Right. <clears throat> James, you just dropped this big word in front of me, wisdom. What do I do with this? Well, remember, who is he talking to? He's talking to those people who are encountering some difficulties, right? By the way, he, he says, uh, he, he, uh, in the verse first, he says, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad. Okay, that's a picture of, of the tribes of Israel that were scattered, but now he's incorporating that metaphorically to believers. We are sort of scattered among the world. We're not home. Home is where? with the Lord in heaven, right? So we're aliens, so to speak. We're sojourners away from home. We're living, you know, in the world, but not of the world. But we're already facing difficulties. They come from without. They come from within. The world's going to hate you. It's going to persecute you. You're gonna, so he's, he's talking to people who are encountering some difficulties. And we're a part of that, right? He says, hey, consider it joy. Because this is going to lead to something. But by the way, when you're encountering that trial, you're going to lack something. And the one thing you're going to lack is the one thing you really need, that's wisdom. So in one sense, James specifically is referring to wisdom within trials, right? Wisdom within, within how do I respond to this challenge? It could be a challenge in your marriage. I mean, you could fill in the blank everywhere. Whatever difficulty is, James says, I'm going to give you the path through that. So in one sense, we know that the trials, he says, you need wisdom to go through that trial to have the perfect result. Look what he says, verse, go back to verse 4. Let endurance have its perfect result, that means mature, so that you may be perfect, same word, teleos, and complete, lacking. The goal is your maturity, Christ-likeness. So trials if you respond with wisdom, can lead to your maturity. Ah, I need wisdom of how to respond to difficulties. Okay, okay, that's a little more specific. And what does that look like? Go to chapter 3 of James. Because in one sense, you could say, well, maybe, James, could you give me the wisdom to get me out of this trial? How many of you guys, when trials come, you want, give me the button, give me the pathway out, Right? But remember, if the trial is meant to mature you, God will not remove that trial until it's done what it's supposed to do in maturing you. And that maturity comes with how you respond, and how you respond comes through wisdom. So if you want to be mature, you know that God's not going to allow that trial to leave you before it's time. Right? It's kind of like no pain, no gain. <laughs> I, I don't want to face the trial yet. I want to be mature. Okay, I want to be mature, but I have to go, okay, then give me wisdom of how to get through this trial. Wisdom to do what? Look at James 3, okay? And I know we'll go through, when we get to James 3, I'm going to teach this in depth as well, but I might as well point out to you now, because James has something else to say about wisdom. Look at verse 13, James three thirteen. Who among you is wise and understanding. Let him show by his good behavior 
his deeds in gentleness and wisdom. Stop right there. So wisdom has, in one sense, has to do with behavior. And wisdom, bless you, has to do with gentleness, doesn't it? Whoa, hold on here. So it isn't just a wisdom to get me out of this, this trap and maze. It's wisdom to have some character come out. Right? When your spouse, let's say, just a general example, is having a hard day and they're pushing your buttons, wisdom is responding with grace and not out of reaction. Right? Does that make sense? Or when, I'll, I'll, I, I'll, there's a lot of examples I can give. So wisdom in James has to do with this behavior in the midst of the trials that produces something and gentleness. But look, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom, this selfish, ambitious wisdom, arrogant and deceitful is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. So we know that James is talking about wisdom that is not that. So now when, 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 when pressures come, it's easy naturally to default to selfishness, to looking out for number one, right? He says, no, that's not, that's not the wisdom we're talking about. Uh, God's, that, that trial that you're in, it's not supposed to produce that. That's natural. That's easy. That comes down, that's... that's no, 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 no. The wisdom I want you to have is contrary to that. It's Jesus saying, when somebody hits you on the left cheek, turn to the other one. Oh, that's a different kind of wisdom. Natural wisdom would be hit them back, right? Somebody takes something from you, natural wisdom will be, well, get it back. No, unnatural, supernatural wisdom, godly wisdom is, give him, give him, if he wants to take your coat, give him your shirt also. Give him another one, right? He says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. What does that remind you of, that list? What does that remind you of? For the Spirit, right? There's this, this, in fact, there's a tie between wisdom and the Spirit uh, throughout James. It's interesting uh, that he almost equates the two. So in one sense, it's now letting the Holy Spirit to live Christ through you in a sense of how you respond. In fact, he says, if you, um, um, if you go to the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, he's got the same ideas, right? Uh, uh, you don't have to turn, I'll just, I'll just turn there. In Matthew 5, he says, you know, blessed are those who are, who are poor in spirit, right? And he says, blessed are those who are, who, who are gentle, right? Uh, who hunger and thirst, who are merciful, who are pure in heart. Same ideas here. So back to James, this is, okay, wisdom specifically in James is this. Responding to that trial in such a way that godly, Christ-like, spiritual fruit comes out. That's maturity. Does that make sense? So what is wisdom? It's that response to the trials in such a way that Christ comes out in a sense. Does that make sense? Okay, go back to James 1. I told you, we're going to start digging in. How many of you guys like digging into the Word? I mean, listen, you can go snorkeling, you know, which is cool, or you can go deep diving, deep sea. We're going to do all that, right? And, uh, and by the way, 
until you have perfected the Word of God, until you have mastered the Word of God, don't go away from the Word of God. There's an, I mean, come on. There's enough. There's, I mean, there's so much here. You could spend every day. Okay, so he says, <clears throat> he says, um, so he says, wisdom. So what, what is wisdom? That's the first question, right? Second question, why do I need it? Uh, why do I need wisdom? Well, you know, in, in, well, in context, it's <laughs> you're going to face difficulties and you're going to need to know how to respond in a Christ-like way. Right? Um, trials are going to come and you can respond to that with wisdom, which can lead to maturity, or without wisdom, which keeps you stunted in your growth. Um, but wisdom... We need wisdom. We, why do we need We need wisdom to appropriately respond with godliness to the trial at hand so that the goal of the trial, purifying our character, will be accomplished. And wisdom puts us on that road to maturity. How to persevere? Because we're going to face stuff. And we're going to face things where we can say with Solomon, I don't know what to do. I need your help. We need wisdom because we haven't figured it out. Now, my younger self, right, my 16, 18, I knew it all. Don't tell, no, I know it all, right? How many of you guys were there when you were, that, when you were, come on, everyone in this room will be there, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, I'm an adult now, you know, I know what I'm doing, and I had no experience of what it means to pay a water bill, electric bill, what it means to have to shop for you know, I had no experience of how, what it means to struggle, but that age, I knew it up here, but I had no wisdom because I was arrogant, right? My mom's smiling. She's probably laughing. <laughs> I could, you know, that's, we need wisdom because we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. I'm 50 <clears throat> some odd years old, and I still don't know what I'm doing. Amen? Wisdom is actually acknowledging you don't know what you're doing. That's the first key to wisdom. I don't have it. I need it. That's wise. If you say, I got to figure it out, you're a fool. Right? Wisdom is acknowledging you need the wisdom because you're teachable, you're open. Right? So, why do we need wisdom? Because we're going to face things in life we don't know what to do. Okay? Third question. How do I get wisdom? How do I get it? Oh, now here's where, here's where James gets here. Oh, he goes, oh, this is so simple, it's going to blow your mind. He goes, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. Ask God. Let him ask God. How do you attain wisdom? It's that simple. It's simple in asking. Sometimes we make life so difficult. <laughs> How many... Here's what I, okay, this is my personality. Is this. I have a list of things to do, right? I, or I have a way of doing something. I'll always try, choose the most difficult things. How many of you guys like that? Amen. The most difficult methods. Because I know there's a really, really simple method. But I'm like, that's too easy. I'm, that's too easy. Let me do it the hard way. I'll try the hard ways and I'll fail, fail, fail. From Finally get to like, hey, I should have done this originally. The simple, simple thing. Ask God. He says, let him ask God. Um, it's interesting that to even get to that point, 
where you acknowledge your need and you have the humility to ask God. That's wise. Sometimes you don't even get to the place where you ask God for help. You ask your friends. You'll get advice from this person, that person. You'll turn everyone else because you don't have the wisdom or humility to ask God. Ask God. Um, the word there, and I'm, and I'm glad Natalie kind of previewed it with, uh, with, uh, with the Matthew, with Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, because James is getting from that. He's getting the ask, seek, and knock from Jesus, and he's now incorporated. He goes, let him ask God. The word there is ateo. It's uh, the verb that's in a present active imperative. It means to ask or even demand or request something uh, from somebody, but not just one time, but keep going. Keep repeating it. And you're asking, seeking, knocking. You get the picture of the intensity. It is constant. And what, this, what James is saying here is, when you need wisdom, ask God. But ask God continually. Keep going to God. Keep asking God. Keep seeking God, right? Um, it's a repeated prayer. In fact, my whole main point is the path, right? The path to wisdom is prayer. That's the whole point of this section. You need wisdom, pray. And Brahim says, don't just ask one time. It is a repeated thing. Now watch this. He says, ask God. But your translators don't, didn't translate how it's really supposed to read. It's supposed to read, ask the giving God. The way it's written is it's a, it's a participle uh, uh, Dedantus uh, Theo, which means giving God. It's, it means, it, it suggests a characteristic of God. You're asking God, okay, that's all. But it, you're asking the ever-giving God. He's a continuously giving God. So if, if you're picturing your mind that God is like this, you know, like that, disinterested, annoyed, that's not the picture that James is presenting. He's presenting God as somebody who is so giving, it's a constant thing he does. He's constantly giving, constantly. If you need wisdom, if you need help, if you need insight, ask the God who's so giving. That's, all he, that's what he does, right? That's what James is, is, uh, is saying there. In fact, let's look at a, just a couple of scriptures. Like, look at John 4. Look at John 4, okay? Go to your left, right? If you're in, in James, go to, your, go to your left. John 4. Um, I mean, actually... The most famous verse in the, in the Old New Testament. John 3.16, right? God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Paul says that even when we were sinners, when we were dead, God gave his son. That's our ever ready. Like, he gave his son to those who would even reject him. Right? That's the kind of givingness that he is. Give, is that even a word, givingness? Did I just make up words? It's like Shakespeare, making up words, right? But John 4, look at what he says in John 4. You guys there? Who's with me? Am I on my own? No, I'm not. You're with me. The Lord's with me. This is fun. You guys having fun? I'm excited. Jesus says in verse 10, to the woman at the well, the woman from Samaria, the woman who had, a, uh, who had five husbands, right? The one she's living with is not her husband. She's there at the well. No one likes her. She's by herself. She's rejected. She's unloved. Everything else, she's lived a very unwise life, right? And she's, she's just, and, and Jesus comes to her. 
And he asked for a drink, and, and she says, <clears throat> what are you asking me for a drink for? Look, verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And by the way, he says li- that living water is going to be, later on he says in John, the water that, that's just like continual flow, right? It's a, it's a, it's um. It's, a, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's enormous. It's wonderful. Look at John 14. Go to John 14. If I'm talking too fast, now I think the coffee's been kicking in. So, hey, praise the Lord for Starbucks, right? Um, Americano. Um, John 14. Where am I at? 13. Whatever you ask, John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. God is a giving God. He's generous. We'll get to that in a second. So James, oh, one more scripture. You know, might as well, since we have our Bibles, you know, might as well. And Hey, you know, if I go longer than normal, you guys okay with that? Amen. Um, <clears throat> I think it's Acts 17. I, I, I wrote it down at the last minute. But Acts 17 and... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Acts 17, 25. Go there real fast. So God is this ever-giving God. So God, God is a giving God. That's his nature. So picture it in your mind. This giving God. He, con- he, he responds to his children. By the way, Scripture says that God is independent. He is he's self-existent, right? Um, which means he doesn't get depleted. He, he also doesn't need us as his source. He has he his own source, right? He's our source, right? So he's independent. He's self-existing. He doesn't need us. Yet everything we have is from him. And he doesn't run dry, right? I mean, you know, he doesn't run out. If you need wisdom, you need help, ask God. Continue to ask God. Why? Because you're asking the giving God who is continuously giving, who never runs out because he's God. I don't know about you. That excites me to want to go to him and more in prayer. When I'm going through trials, the path away through that is prayer. Amen? But Acts 17, what, 25? Acts 17, 25. Oh, let's back up to... Uh, a, let's read the middle of the verse. Verse 24. <clears throat> the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all people, he gives to all people life and breath in all things. Your very next breath is from God. The fact that your molecules aren't flying apart are because of God. Think about that. Since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the earth and determine their, their, their times and everything else. So God is the giving God. Go back to, to James. So how do we attain wisdom? We ask God. We ask him. We ask the giving God. We continually ask the giving 
Never running out of resources, God. Amen? But look what he says here. It's not just that God is giving. It's not just that he doesn't run out of things. It's how he gives. Let him ask... Oh, back to James. I'm sorry, I was still next. Let him ask of God who gives to all what? Generously. Let me stop there. Now, the idea of this word is the word haplos. It actually has two different meanings. One is generous, right? And God is very generous. If he, listen, if he gave us his son while we were dead in sin and enemies of him, and he gave the most precious thing in all existence, his son, he bankrupt him. Obviously, he bankrupt him. Basically, what more can God give? If he, then our little help and wisdom, oh, that's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to help I'm going to help him. Because he gives generously. Um, he gives uh, liberally is the idea, right? Um, God's very generous. You know something? Um, as a dad, be generous with your kids. As a parent, you know, um, be, 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 you know, obviously, you know, teach them. But you know what I'm saying. You know, so many problems are happening in life are because dad didn't love the child. Right? So many, peop- so many people have what they call father wounds, right? The issues are because dad was not there or dad withheld love or dad was too strict or too unloving and too stingy and too selfish, that is not God the Father. God the Father is lavishing with you love. And the difference between Heavenly Father and the earthly dad is eternally separated. Like, there's nothing to compare. And the wounds that we often have because our dads were just not, they were just not giving or generous. There's that transition that has to happen where you realize God's the father of the fatherless. That's why later on James will say, hey, here's, what, here's what pure and undefiled religion is. Vis- visiting orphans, right? God says, I'm a father of the fathers. You, here's, you can do that. Because you need the father's love. Amen? Amen. So he's generous. Um, I was going to read um, um, Romans 12. Uh, Romans 12, 8, he says, he who gives, gives with give liberality, generously. Um, so in one sense, the word, he says, how do you obtain wisdom? You ask God. God is the one who gives one generously. But the second idea of that word is this, right? The first idea is generous, liberal. A giving God. A, a, a God who constantly gives who is generous with his giving. But the other idea of this word, this word haplos, that we have generous, is also means to have singleness of heart or with integrity. What that means is he doesn't give, he gives it um, without reservation. He gives it without hesitation. He gives it sincerely. Like he doesn't give you something and keep it against you. That make sense? He's sincere in his giving. He doesn't have a, a hidden thing to get you later on. He's sincere. He's genuine. 
God gives selflessly with a total concern for us, with a focus on giving us to us again and again and again and again and again. That's the giving God. So when you're in trials and you need help, the pathway to wisdom and maturity is prayer. And prayer to who? This giving, generous, loving God. That picture of God makes me actually want to go to Him more and more. Right? He says, He gives, um, He gives what? Go back to James, sorry. James, are you guys there? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach. What does that mean? The, the, without, the word there, it, it means, it's uh, anadizo, it means to, to mock, to revile, to criticize. He gives to you generously without criticizing you. Oh, here you go, come to me again. I thought I gave to you yesterday, you know? Uh, he gives without shaming you. Well, if you weren't so stupid, you would have known by now that's not God. He gives without shaming you. Maybe our earthly dads did to us. That is not God the Father. He gives without criticism, without reprimand, without ridicule. Maybe some of us don't come to God the Father because we think we'll get that reaction. I'm so, I know I blew it again yesterday, God, and I, and I asked but I'm, and he doesn't say, when are you going to learn, right? These are those words of some people's dads going through your mind, right? Arms folded, right? Disappointed. He gives without reproach because he knows that we ultimately need him. Everything we have is from him. He gives without reproach. In fact, this is in contrast to later on where he talks about the person who asks in faith has to do without doubting because he's kind of like not really committed to it, you know, but without reproach, without reviling. How do I get wisdom? I ask. I ask. Well, you know, first of all, when you're asking, I didn't want to say something, is, is, um, is, um, well, I, actually, I'll pause there. So, he says, when you ask, ask in faith. Verse 6, right? Verse 6. What is, ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea. What that means is this. It doesn't mean that you're not to have doubts. We all have doubts. But what this means is not to have a doubt of the character of God that, of who you ask. That makes sense? You have to be certain of God's character. You're going before good generous, kind, ever-giving God. Have that confidence in your mind that when you go to Him, He's going to be that and not contrary. Now, when you're going through wisdom and you're asking God, for, you know, in order to even ask, you have to recognize that you need help, right? I need wisdom. I haven't faced this before. Or I faced it before. It didn't work and I'm you know, you have to be open to asking in faith and asking to be open to a new path. Jesus tells his disciples who fished all night, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Oh, we're professional fishermen. We know we do have experience. But guess what? We fished all night. We caught nothing. Just make this small tweak. Sometimes God's wisdom to you is just a small tweak. All right? You've got to be open to that. Um, 
open to the possibility that he'll direct you. In fact, oh, maybe I should make this a two-parter, huh? Ah, time just is not your friend, right? Let me, you know, can I do that? Because I probably have like another hour of just the next few verses here. Here's my main point. Can I do that? I'm going to do that, okay? Because we're not going anywhere. We're going to go through James, right? But here's the thing. Main point is this. What's the path through trials? Prayer. Asking God in prayer. Constantly asking God in prayer. Constantly asking the giving, generous, kind God in prayer who doesn't run out. Constantly asking in prayer in faith of the God who never changes, who's always giving, who's, who knows your needs, right? So when you go through something and it'd be, it'd be something, I'm having a bad day, I'm in a bad mood, and everything people are saying is bugging me, what do I do? Lord, give me wisdom. Hey, why don't you go separate yourself for a while, eat some, some breakfast, spend some time in prayer with me, get, find out what's going on before you come out and say dumb and stupid things that hurt people. Oh, that's wisdom, right? That's wisdom. Okay, God, here I am. Here. In fact, it ought to be that, that you are so constantly seeking knocking on, that, you are, that you know the throne room of God so well. Oh, John's here again. Hey, weren't you just here a few minutes? Yeah, I need some help. Hey, great, come on in, right? It ought to be you come in. Do you want the usual? Yes, iced tea and my favorite sandwich, you know? It ought to be that, that you are such a familiar face before God that it's like, oh, yeah. That's, where we, that's, that's really what it's all about. So whatever you face, school, challenges and friendships, relations, it is constantly, Lord, I need, I need wisdom here. And it can be, okay, do this, do that, right? How do I respond to this difficult situation? Well, with love and kindness. The pathway through trials is prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you that your word is so rich. I... I mean, we can spend so much and we, we get nourished with it and, and it's practical for our lives and it's, we're just so grateful, Lord. And I know every one of us uh, is either in a trial or have just come out of a trial or is about to go in a trial, but each one of us needs your help and we need your wisdom. And what a wonderful thing, first of all, is we have your word, we have your Holy Spirit. We have the example of Jesus uh, who, who, when reviled, didn't revile in return. Uh, give us that wisdom, Lord, to, to be that way as well. Uh, I pray for you to work in our lives, whether there's issues of hurt and pain and sorrow or, or disappointment. or um, Give us uh, wisdom of how to respond and let our response first be one of asking you in prayer, constantly, with faith, believing, that you are a God who gives, who's generous, who doesn't change, who doesn't run out. And I pray that you would bring each one of us to maturity, to have such Christ-likeness that the world wouldn't notice, that our neighbors and our friends, our family would notice if there's something different. Lord, I pray your blessing on each one here in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand up? 
I don't know, I get excited. I don't know, it's, you know, come on, you know, come on, you know. Anyway, hey, Brother John, wonderful worship, brother. It, that, that was awesome. We were so blessed. Thank you, thank you. Um, we're going to do our, our, every week we do our ironic blessing. And in the scripture, Moses told Aaron to pronounce this blessing and, and basically place his name on them, right? And, uh, and so that's what we, these aren't just words. This is an actual prayer and something does actually happen, okay? So he says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance. That means give you a big smile. Lift up his countenance on you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Take care. Remember, Wednesday, men's Zoom meeting, 6.30, go for one hour. Friday, we got marriage ministry and uh, church on Sunday. Take care. We'll see everyone later.